Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Well, hello and welcome to this week's Countryside Programme with Kiri Kerwood and Simon Clark. And, well, we've mentioned the weather quite a bit so far this year, Kiri, haven't we? And it's been a bit of a rascal if you're involved in stock and crops, isn't it? It has. It's been a blooming long old winter and really could see the back of it now. And people are out with the ploughs getting ready to put the crops in. People are starting to lamb sheep, so we could really do with a bit of sunshine. Yeah, and it's just, we mentioned the wetness. It just hasn't hasn't let up at all. And the, the, one of the main troubles a lot of the farmers have been saying is, of course, the way farm sheds and buildings and farms are designed, they're, they're mostly, you know, with the, backs on the prevailing winds aren't they and we've had so much uh, north and east winds this year it's just been incredible just going straight in the sheds this is right we've put extra sheeting on our polytunnel to try and keep it at bay and also the sheds you know you do worry that they're going to be there the next morning with some of these big winds that we've been having but it's that driving easterly wind that bitterly cold one it's uh, wreaking havoc really yeah, certainly and there's uh, always plenty of wind at Jerby especially where the Jerby church is situated there on the headline at Jer- uh, the headland at Jerby and I went along there to speak to Sandra Kerrison, the warden there and, and secretary of the uh, Friends of the Jerby Church. I had a chat with her on their St. Patrick's Day celebrations. They're always great St. Patrick's celebrations, aren't they? I think everybody, wherever you are in the world, always celebrates that day. Oh, there's no no Guinness going on in the church, <laughs> let me tell you that for, for some. And I also went along to have a chat with Paul Fletcher. Uh, from Belig Farm in Jerby and it's a sort of situation in the valley there between Jerby and and Andrus and uh, he's been telling me you know how bad the weather's been affecting there. Is it especially the early lambing this year they've really got the brunt of it haven't they with the with the beast from the east and now this really cold snap again you know can't wait till April. Yes well it's getting to that time of year I suppose where gardeners are are looking ahead to the summer and uh, getting the what they're going to put where in their little seed beds and everything and you were along at Laxey. That's right even at you know, with the bad weather, you know, the, you've got to get on with your growing and your planting and getting ready for the spring because it'll, it will come right quick, I suppose. But uh, the growers and gardeners of Laxey, they always get down to the, the sailing club for the plant share and seed swap. And uh, Tanya Anderson does a great job there. They have a great raffle as well. Plenty of donations. Yeah, and it's one of them things where, you know, you just think, well, it's, you know, I've got loads of these ones, but I've never grown them before. And it gets a chance to find out how they actually get them growing and we'll hear that in, in more detail during the programme. So here it is now, Countryside. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, it's a, a trying time in the agricultural world, Kiri, isn't it? Uh, the cold snap just when people are lambing and the, the threat of snow and the the wind direction. That's been the real blow, hasn't it? It really has. It's been one of those winters that's gone on and on and on. And now we're towards the end of March. You'd think it'd start to pick up a bit. You get an odd glimmer of hope with a nice day. But, my golly, we're struggling. Yeah, and it's just the, everything's so wet. The fields, even where, where people have got to have them outside you know it's constant having to keep feed to them going in and out it's not had a chance to dry and just you know apologies to the motors for the mud on the road isn't it it really is but even just under the hedges where the sheep would naturally go for shelter or to or to have their lambs it's just swimming with water and then obviously it turns to mud and bog and yeah it's been a real trying time i don't know whether uh you know, it'll be a successful winter, really. No, because that, that's the situation around around the uh, Ballastal and Santon area at yours, Kiri. I went along to Paul Fletcher 
uh, Belig Farm in Derby to have a chat with him and find out how far he was into lambing so far this year. Yes, we're part way through. It's been a, a hard few weeks, the way the weather's been. Yeah, we've heard stories about how it is around different parts of the Isle of Man. What about where you are? Because some say there's a bit of shelter around here, but the winds haven't been quite the usual directions, have they? No, I'm in the shed you're sitting facing at the moment. The way the weather's been, the, the weather just drives straight in on the stock. We've not been round quite as, as hard with the hedge trim of this back end, and, and I'm awful glad we haven't, because the, the hedgerows have been aw, awful important to, to the stock for shelter. And it's a strange thing. People, I suppose, who aren't in the farming world won't know the significance, you know, the way farming sheds are built, you know, with their backs to the wind, cows, sheep, animals. They do know how to shelter from it, but when it's persistently from a different side, it's, uh, it can be difficult on them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this shed here, when, when we had the bad snow in 2013, it's three metres of snow in the back of that shed. Really? Yeah. And lost several calves as a result, you know, not as bad as some folk, but you set the sheds against the prevailing weather, which is normally from the, the southwest. Got the Len Trench at the bottom of uh, your farmland there. I mean, how has that been? Does, does that help, the, obviously, the drainage into it? But what's what's the situation dampness-wise? Because everywhere seems wet. There's wet and there's wet. Uh, I mean, we've been on Belig since Christmas 94. And it's the wettest winter we've had here. Really? Yeah. I mean, the boys, the DOI, keep the land trench clear. And the, the most important thing they have to do, as well as dredging and, and clearing the, the, the weeds and stuff out of the trench in the autumn, but the most important thing is is keeping the shore clear because they get a, a heavy storm. They'll throw a 20-foot wall of stone up down at the outfall of land trench down at the shore there. They, they go down every week or two and, and pull that away with the digger. If that wall of stone is allowed to stay there when the trench is in flood the water can't get out the same and that will back up the whole of the north of the island so it's a massive responsibility to do i have just to, just to keep that going but i mean two days ago here the the people that come and come and ride on the cross-country course that it's the field that they park up in it's got the portaloo in we had six foot of water in there two days ago it rained for 36 hours here and there was six foot of water standing there, just a massive lake. What's it like to drain? You've got, uh, you're in a sort of valley. Is it good to escape to the trench, the water, usually? It does, but the water table is just so high. I mean, around here we're, we're sand over gravels, but there is black rock where you get an impede of the water, water getting down further into the soil. There's lots of spring lines around. There's been so much rain through this winter that everything's just absolutely saturated to the surface. And although it can drain off down the different valleys, down the different streams and stuff, the dub at the bottom is, is just flowing full bore, you know, flowing across the across the lanes, across the fields. The stock have just got to make the best of it. Lots of farms now concentrate on one particular area. You've got quite a mixed variety here. Um, the cattle, the uh, the sheep, the equestrian side of it, haven't you? Yeah, it's a question of keeping a, a blend. We are looking at, at the moment, with just with these wet winters, is. You know, we've always outwintered here, and then how's the finishing stock? But we are looking almost going to a similar to the some of the dairy farmers. We use a lot of green crop, kale and fodder beet, which we strip graze in the winter. But we are actually looking at, you know, do we put another shed up so the cattle are housed for part of the day and just go out for a few hours rather than being out all the time? Yeah, and of course, uh, you're involved in other areas. You're busy on the farm here, but you, you're involved in the in the flag and and other areas of the Isle of Man uh, agricultural world, aren't you? Yes, keep me, myself busy in other areas. Some people would say too busy, but uh, 
what we've got coming up with with Flag Farming Wildlife Group, we've got our annual quiz, and that's the last Wednesday of this month down at the Tinwald Pub in St John's. And Trish and Simon, who do the quiz for us, Trish is one of the, the reserves warden for the Wildlife Trust. She informed me that this is the twenty fifth quiz she's doing. Twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. She's threatening it may well be her last, so we'd like to have a really good turnout from the farming community and and friends and supporters of wildlife alike to come along and you know if they drop us a text or drop us an email to manxchasers at hotmail.com we'll we'll send them details out but it's be half past seven at the pub on wednesday night down last wednesday of the month st john's uh, and also the the agricultural marking society is another name that springs to mind paul yes the ams it's a organization that's been going on the island 1934 i'll stand correct if it might be a year out but been going a good, good while and been re- responsible for coordinating and linking between the different producer organisations on the island. Obviously, things are, are taking a, a turn at the moment at the meat plant, you know, but there, there's still a role for the Fat Stock Marketing Association, albeit a different role. The Milk Marketing Association, the Creamy, very, very fundamental for the operating of the of the meat plant. And at the moment, the four elected government nominees on Marketing Society have taken on the responsibility of writing papers and looking at different potential roles for the Marketing Society going forwards. And at the moment we've got the last of those papers is going to be presented this week and then decisions will be made as, as you know the, the future dynamics and, and potential role of society looking for the contribution it make to Manx agriculture but to, to food and farming on a wider basis, you know, looking forwards possibly not just on the island but further afield as well. Anyway, better get me wellies back on and trundle back out of uh, Belig here, Paul. Yes, it's a part and thought to take with you, Simon. Neighbour I learnt a lot from in my early years in farming in Jerby, uh, Eddie Goldie. A lot of pe- people remember him going to the mart with your father. Eddie had a, had a phrase, a drop of rain in Jerby, every day's too much, but every other day's not enough. At the moment, we could do with a break in these showers. But to give it a fortnight of dry weather, we'll be shouting for rain. Paul Fletcher there from Belig Farm in Jerby. And, uh, well, wettest year since they've been in there. Was it 1994, Kerry? You know, and it just shows you it's, it's not the boggiest land where they are. Well, know? this is it. Yeah. We always think that, you know, sunny north, it's a lot drier normally with sandy loams. But uh, I think this whole climate change, every winter seems to be getting wetter and longer. You know, the seasons really are changing. And that's, you know, you see it more in the last sort of five or ten years. They're really... Really getting longer, aren't they? Yeah, it's just a bit of bizarre weather where you don't expect it sometimes. But uh, Touchwood hasn't quite been as bad as uh, <laughs> March last time, was it? All right, 2013 will be hard to beat, but uh, let's get to the end of this one anyway. Indeed. Well, it's maybe not ideal weather for sowing seeds, Kerry, but you were at the, the annual seed swap event. That's right, this time of year, I suppose gardeners and growers will be getting their gardens planned out for what they want for this season. I went along to Laxey to catch up with the seed swap and plant share. Tanya, another successful seed swap and plant share this year. Yes, absolutely. I think it was bumper numbers this year as well. And you've been running a few years now. Yeah, I think this is the seventh year that we've run this event from Laxey. And every year it just gets bigger and better. How is it? Is it just word of mouth or is it just gardeners, growers? 
I think a lot of the people that came in the first years, they've continuously come back because it's such a great idea of sharing seeds for free. I also run some Facebook campaigns to try to reach people who might not be aware of it. And then I keep everyone's email address and send them an email the next year, letting them know when the event's going to happen again. But it's been brilliant this afternoon. People have been turning up with boxes of seeds. You know, they're so generous, aren't they? Extremely generous. And we always have a lot left over at the end, which we donate to charity. There's some of them there for children, flowers, little experiments of tomatoes and different things you can grow salads you know you don't have to be an established grower to come and pick up a few packets no absolutely not and the thing is is that they're inexpensive so you can experiment with things too and this is a great thing for established gardeners as well because you might not necessarily pick up that packet of seeds for purple cauliflower but if you if it's here and ready to be sown then why not why not give it a go try something different you saying before this is run by the Lonnon and Laxey Allotment Association how hard is it to get a plot to actually try out some of these things? It's dead easy. All you have to do is email me. Um, it's lala at manx.net, L-A-L-A-A. It's the Laxey and Lonin Allotment Association. And we've got space available. Some of the plots are a bit overgrown, so, but an, a little bit of enthusiasm and some hard work can get them into shape. And it is really rewarding, isn't it? It is, it is. I mean, this is the start of the growing year. It's really about small plants and seeds right now and just getting started. But within the next couple of months, there's going to be so much growing on our plots. The seeds here, Tanya, some of them you think are coming up to their sell-by date. You know, how does it work? You know, do they go out of date? That is such an interesting question. So the best buyer, the expiration date on the back of seed packets you can ignore that to a certain extent because although the germination rate won't be as high in the subsequent years, a lot of the seeds will germinate. So don't throw them away. And that's the, the biggest point to try and get across to people, isn't it? Because you do, you go and you buy a packet and then you think, oh, I didn't use them all. I've just bin them and buy some more. But obviously, yeah, there's a, a lot thing. of waste. There's a lot of waste. It's the same issue with food. And a lot of people are now becoming aware that the best by date on a lot of, of food products it's not necessarily reflective of how good that food is. It's the same with seeds. And if you just, you know, sow them again the next year, just ignore that date. I mean, what, you know, what could go wrong, really? An event like this, the Seed Swap and Plant Share, is ideal for children, isn't it? You know, we saw some little boys in here earlier picking up an odd cactus and different things. <laughs> you know, they just want to get going, aren't they? Yeah, and just being in this atmosphere and feeling the enthusiasm of people around them. They might not necessarily know how to grow things yet, but they will remember this and they'll remember how excited they were to be drawing raffle tickets and, you know, seeing these different uh, aloes and seeds and you know, that will make an impact. Well, there was a lovely story from one of the ladies. Three years ago, she bought an aloe, aloe vera plant, and now she says, absolutely humongous. You know, it, it was actually, she didn't buy it. We both got it from the same person. It was oh. at a permaculture meeting, and one of the members brought in lots of little baby aloes, because if, if uh, you have an aloe plant, they have lots of babies. And we each had an aloe from that time, and all the aloe pups are sitting right over there, the, the leftover ones from mine. And that was, I don't know, that was five, five, six years ago. And it just keeps giving and giving, that one plant. It's so rewarding, isn't it, to see someone else walk out the door with something you've grown. Yes, absolutely, sharing the love. (laughs) But the one thing also, also we really enjoy here is the huge raffle. And some of the prizes are just fabulous. Oh, I think everyone gets excited about the raffle. And the thing is, is it's very generously 
funded by people who come, but also some local businesses. So Mother Tees has donated something. We have from Reap What You Sow, the cookie dough is, has donated cookies. And I, I donated a soap making lesson. I offer soap making lessons. Aww. And the lady who won that was quite excited. So, Aww. Well, it is a, a real team effort between yourself, Tanya, and, and Brenda Killick as well. Yeah, so we've been organizing this pretty much single-handedly for years. But the thing is, is that we can't do this without the support of everyone who attends. So people bringing in their seeds and plants and bringing in refreshments, helping support the raffle. And this is how it's become a success. This is how only two people can run this, is that there's so much support. But it's really nice to see, Brenda, you were saying earlier, children here. It's really important for the future of them to know what, you know, what grows in their garden, where food comes from. Of course it is. The example I gave the little boy whose who's grandmother asked him where potatoes came from, he said Tesco. And when he came up to my allotment and I said, just stand there and watch this. He went, ah, potatoes in the ground, who buried them? You know, <laughs> it's just, um, it, just to, to get children involved and doing things and getting dirty. Children are washable, you know, if they get dirty, so stick them in the bath, it doesn't matter. I find it much better to get the kids out in the fresh air and learning, because it, we're learning. You but never it, stop learning, do you? You never stop learning, but to get children while they're small, I think it's fantastic. So Tanya, with some of the leftover seeds that are here today, they'll go off to, you said, the community farm or the charities. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's various charities that we've donated the seeds to over the years. So the Children's Central Community Farm. There's also an allotment at the Braid that goes to help support people who are homeless and um, going through hard times. So donating seeds to these charities you know, will help them. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many of them left right now we have literally we've got a couple of shoe boxes full of seeds at the end yeah. but this is after hundreds of people have been in and taken a few you yes. know left a few but everyone's gone home so happy yes oh. people are so generous bringing in stacks of seeds that's something that a lot of people have been talking to me about especially online aren't you afraid that people are going to come to this free event and take advantage we find actually the opposite we've got so many people that just want to support each other in this and they've got all, the, all of these seeds they see where this is going and is there many native plants or seeds available occasionally yes I mean we've got some native shrubs that come in from time to time but in general a lot of the the seeds that are here are edible plants for like allotment type affair there's always some random things so as well some random flowers I think this this year someone brought in flax seed oh brilliant which is interesting yeah it's used in, in dyeing and of course you know for oil oh yeah so yeah it's, it's the uses isn't it you just you know you they're looking at them and it makes you so enthusiastic for the spring to come so but someone one, one of the ladies who came for the first time this year said you know why don't they make smaller packs of seeds? I only need half a dozen of these, and this is fantastic because now I've got somewhere I can bring them. And yeah. she'd never thought of it before. She'd been throwing them away or, you know, just putting them to one side. And this is perfect for people who don't want to sort of grow on a commercial scale. What do you have in your allotment in particular? At the moment, it's a barren waste, but both spring has been really difficult, hasn't it, it has, so far? The daffs are struggling this year. Well, your, your basics, your, your, your salads... Um, Onions, everyone grows onions and leeks. Garlic, beans, peas. I've got to go through the allotment now. <laughs> um, and quite a lot of fruit too, because I've got black currants, red currants, white currants, strawberries, raspberries, plum tree, apple tree. You hear a lot of the farmers are saying you know, the grass has burnt off, the fields are looking very, very barren. You know, is it the same in the gardening world then? It is, but I mean, 
It's strange in the Isle of Man. Someone was talking about, I think, here in Laxis, she'd been up and done two hours digging today. When I went up to my plot this morning at 9 o'clock, it was starting to snow, and the ground was like iron. You wouldn't even try to dig it no. at all. No. So, you know, within a couple of miles, it's, it's so it's a very strange and diverse, the, the weather. No. But, um, you know, we plod on and we manage, don't we? We always grow too much of everything anyway. And it's quite nice that there are sort of outlets that we can get rid of our surplus now. Instead of bottling and freezing and living off beans for two years, you can bag it up and take it to the food bank, you know. How are the honeybees, Tanya, this time of year? You know, it must be quite hard for them. It's been a long winter. You know, if a beekeeper prepares for a long winter and gets them fed up in the autumn, then it shouldn't be an issue at all. I had a quick little peek in on one of my colonies just recently on a, on a clear, calm day, and they had plenty of honey stores. So that's, yeah, that's good. It's a massive sigh of relief, isn't it? Because you do yeah. worry for all the animals at this time of year. Yes, absolutely, especially the little birds in the garden. Yeah, I'm constantly filling up the bird feeder. If everyone kept their bird feeders filled up, it would really help our, our local wildlife. Yeah, because I think things might be a bit scarce now. You were just saying that yeah. to Brenda that the land is a bit barren. Yes, my bird feeder is emptied once a day. I have to fill it every morning. The little birds, they go through it so quickly. And it takes them so much effort to actually fly to your bird feeder. And if there's nothing there, they've just lost all of that energy. Yeah. So, yeah, it's small things that can make a massive difference to the nature here on the island. Absolutely. And you've also got to remember to put water out for them because everything's frozen. So you, you change the water every day. And I've got, I'm in the centre of Douglas where I have the fat balls, the peanuts, the seeds... Anything else I can throw out, and the poor little things, you know, you've hardly left them and they're there pecking. They should, by rights, be the size of ostriches now because they've eaten <laughs> so much this winter. It's yeah. unbelievable. And some lucky person won that fantastic huge bag of birdseed. Yes, right here. That one. Wow, that's brilliant. So I think we're all very envious of that because <laughs> they're going through so much. It's, you know, you go out shopping and you come back with bird food, you forget yourself, you've got to keep the birds going. <laughs> oh, you know. Because people do complain, there's you know, a lot of songbirds missing, small birds are getting wiped out. But if you're not doing anything to look after them, then what do they expect, really? Uh, absolutely, and especially in cold winters like this one, we've got to help our local wildlife. And it's a brilliant place you have here in Laxey. You know, it's very central for everyone to come to it. Yes, we want to say a huge thank you to the Laxey Sailing Club. They've been hosting us for years now, and it is such a, a nice place to hold this event. And I also want to say once again thank you to everyone, all the businesses who sponsored our raffle. I mentioned a few before. Before, but Bella Nelson Nurseries also were very generous and without the support of the community this this event wouldn't happen. And we've been very spoiled this afternoon Tanya with a roaring fire too, a real one at that. Yeah, a really nice fire, there have been drinks flowing, music has been playing, it's been a really great atmosphere to share seeds and plants. That was Tanya Anderson and some of the people in attendance at the Seed Swap and Plant Share. It's amazing what sort of seeds uh, they have at that event, isn't it? You think, so, you think oh, do people grow these on the Isle of Man? That's right. Yeah. There really is some bizarre ones that turn up uh, year on year. But it's a great way for children to start out. You know, they can go along and pick some little tomato packets up and away home and try them. It's great for beginners. Yeah, and funnily enough, connecting with the, just the simple thing like the potatoes, I watched a, a film called Martian. The other night, a fellow was trapped on Mars. Oh, my. And they had potatoes as food. They had a space station there and stuff. And he got left there. And he decided he would make a bit of a thing out of it, an oxygen place where the water could settle down. 
and um, using various items of manure that they he had to hand <laughs> yes. and planted some of the potatoes or spuds as I'll yeah, call them yeah. and made obviously uh, 10 times as many every time when he planted them and replanted them so well, it was quite you know just reminded me of that really. it really is great how fascinating once you get a start made like you say planting just one spud and then it multiplying it can be quite addictive and especially at a young age you know it can develop little minds can't it yeah but the trouble is I think uh, the pulling off them out every two minutes out of the ground have a lick at them to see if there's any on that's the trouble isn't it manx radio's countryside is brought to you by nfu mutual well last week saw the st patrick's day celebrations uh, around all parts of the world connected mostly with the Irish but of course here on the Isle of Man we have our very own St Patrick's Church situated on the headland there at Jerby. This can be seen on a clear day from the shores of Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. I'd like to chat with Sandra Kerrison who is the warden at Jerby Church and also secretary of the Friends of Jerby Church to find out how the day had gone. It's the first time we've celebrated St Patrick's partly because um, we've had people, someone, a lady came from America and uh, she was um, really impressed with, with the church and, and what we were doing to, to try and give us a future. So we've been thinking quite a lot about the connection in the past a year or so and it happened to be four years ago on St Patrick's Day that we formed the Friends of Jerby Church to try and give the, the church um, a, a new sort of impetus and beginning and, and to save it really because it, it was in a getting into a state of, of repair where something had, had to be done. Reading up a bit of history about it, there was talk that, you know, the, the connection was, it was the part of the modern church was started, the groundwork was started on St Patrick's Day. But of course, uh, I think the purists still believe that it's got such a view of Ireland and I think they can see it as well from there, can't they, the church? Yes, I, I, th- I think so. The keel at West Knappen was St Patrick's Chapel. It seems to have been more than just the little keels that uh, you often found with for just the priest and there are still some of the stones there with the early uh, crosses. One is a, an early Christian one there and, and also a Norse one. We're not sure whether this was because of St. Patrick's Chapel or whether the, the keel that was believed to be on the present church site was dedicated to St. Patrick, but there's always been this strong connection. There are lots of stories about St. Patrick landing nearby in Jerby and stories about a priest who was forgetful and he was out fishing and when he suddenly realised that he had to get back for his service and he met somebody on, on the way. He said, oh, um, I'm sorry, I wasn't there for the service. And the, this person from the congregation said, oh, but you were there, there was somebody there. And of course, the, the idea was that it was St. Patrick who'd come and saved the day. Right, but it's fairly unique as uh, St. Patrick's Church, isn't it? It is really, and I, th- I think a lot of the things to do with, with Jerby Church are because of its remoteness. So I think that's probably why, because of the, uh, the Reformation and uh, every, all the other churches were um, maybe had their chalices taken and we didn't because St. Patrick's was the only, only uh, chalice to survive on the island. 
so perhaps there's something to do with that and, and the fact that quite a few of the, of the churches, because they had a, a strong Catholic connection, they changed the dedication so that it, sometimes you'd, you'd have a church that was called St Catherine's and they would change it to something that was more acceptable, maybe one of the apostles or something like that. So, so maybe that's um, why um, we, we've survived. But in the, the past two or three centuries, I would say there hasn't been so much emphasis on um, calling it St Patrick's. It's just been Jerby Church or Kirk Jerby seems to have been the name. But of course, the shamrocks that are in the porches and the, there's the stained glass window. And uh, so that all these little touches were added probably in the, the 30s and, and 40s. So uh, it was a case of keeping that alive. It's certainly a unique place and I think the only Anglican type church is it wasn't that's, it? that's right yeah there's a the, the, uh, the catholic church at peel which is st patrick's but um it's it's the only st patrick's on the island yeah. well you and your team are doing a fantastic job to to keep the jerby church going here and keep interest in it and it's been shown today i think by the yes. support that you've had yes we've had a lot of support and um it's also sort of a celebration really that um We've finally raised enough money to, to have central heating put in the church, which is, has transformed the building and uh, is starting to dry it out. And the whole feel of the place is, is quite different and uh, sort of a, a really nice way to, to celebrate four years of the Friends. And we hope a, a bright future for Jerby Church. Church Warden and Secretary of the Friends of the Jerby Church there, Sandra Carrison, tell me all about that St. Patrick's Day and a bit of history, of course, uh, connected with the church there at Jerby and it really is a prominent feature I don't think you can see it from your house though Kerry can you? Not quite no yeah. not quite but we can see across you know to England and Wales on a good day yeah you can't see Jerby not Jerby oh good I'll leave my bedroom curtains open then I'll be <laughs> alright but it's just fascinating that the church now it's, it's struggled a little bit you know the years ago where there was rumours where they'd have to close it for good because the end of it was sinking and now they've got central heating in it you know wow. it's uh, just something one little step at a time to try and you know, keep that community today and of course a lot a lot of history to do with the RAF and of course you know the days when the airfield was active up there as well in the wartime. You've really got to treasure some of the memories and mm-hmm. like having these organisations the friends of the various churches around the Isle of Man really keeping these lovely buildings open and yeah they're doing a grand job Yes they are Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well there you are a bit of seed swapping going on in Laxey, and it's a, a wonderful event that, Kiri, isn't it? It's just get them all together and share ideas as well as the, the seeds, isn't it? Well, that's it, and also it's a good point in a year to mark spring, and you, you'll sort of get a bit excited when you see the, you know, the new life, new shoots and seeds, and getting your garden prepared or your allotment, and um, it's always lovely to reap the veggies in the back end, isn't it? Yeah, and also, um, you know, we've hear about the trials and tribulation of farmers and with this weather that we've been having and of course again Paul Fletcher's views there from Belig Farm in Derby are usually quite a you know reasonable place where they drain and alter the trench but of course with the, the amount of water we've had you know if it and the high tides that as Paul was saying there you know at the end of the trench where it joins the sea you know the stones build up on the high tides and 
you know, it slows the water coming down the trench, you know, to, to end in the sea, which can cause trouble. So, you know, Mother it, Nature has a way, doesn't <laughs> it she? It does have a way. And of course, the St. Patrick's Church in Jerby there, uh, great to hear Sandra Carrison and the team there just doing a wonderful job to keep that church open and uh, to raise what they have so far. And it was a, a lovely day, uh, St. Patrick's Day at St. Patrick's Church with a lot of people uh, turning up and supporting. And that's the way it should be, isn't it? It is. For years to come. All right. We'll see you next week on Countryside. That's all we have for you this week. Until then, from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kerry Kerman. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being sure. Terms and conditions apply.